There you go. There you go. I'll bill you. <laughs> bill me, yeah. Just send me a bill and try to find me, and you'll do. <laughs> How's it going? How How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. I'm uh, happy to be here with you. Finally, see you in person. The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Angel R Talk, and you are listening to or watching the Not Just NYC Talking.com podcast. Today, I am joined by Mike Vogel. Tell what us I what, do? You, what you categorize yourself as, All what right. you do, and also a very important detail that you yeah. said, um, you mentioned that you did this without a journalism degree. So tell us all about that, please. Okay. I'm a writer. That's how I die. I'm a writer. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. um i can start you know at the beginning and go through but i have no degree in anything but i'm i write for newsday i write opinion columns i'm a produced playwright and i wrote a book on my own all of it uh i never had any training and what happened was i guess starting at the beginning i uh went to cut with the brooklyn college the psychology major and I realized everybody was psychology majors. There's no jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so the last year I took accelerated teaching classes, right? And I okay. became a teacher in uh, East New York, Brooklyn, sixth grade. I was 21. Oh. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And um, mainly I broke up fights. That was my teaching job. <laughs> and I learned yeah. something very important. I learned that it's easier to break up boys than girls. Boys will stop. Girls won't. So uh, I got scars for breaking up these fights. If you can see a little scar. They and grab, um, they grab hair. They 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 yeah, can get they grab hair. <laughs> they grab breasts and they kick them in the stomach. And you know you try to break them up and they won't stop. But um, nice kids. But um, it was not what I should have been doing. I was oh. married. I was married to another teacher. I lived in Brooklyn. I had a very conservative life. And. When I was young, my mother died pretty young and she was 57. And it really changed my life. It made me realize that this is not like a dress rehearsal. This is it. And I just flipped out at 30 years old, just before I was 30, I quit teaching. I got divorced. I moved to Manhattan from Brooklyn and I went from teaching to stand up comedy. I oh, just, okay. Huh? Yeah, I did, I did. All of a sudden, I'm at two o'clock, I'm in bars, you know, with drugs, with a microphone. I was like, all right. And that's a tough, that's a tough gig right there. <laughs> once you do that, you can do anything. I'll tell you, True. once you do that, it's you alone on the stage, light in your face, you know, and a bunch of people going, yeah, make me laugh. Go ahead, you know. Right, right. <laughs> that's a tough so, gig, yeah, for sure. It's a it was. And I did it with a good, I did like Al Yankovic, if you know him. Yeah, I'm very song, familiar with yeah. I did song yeah. parodies. And okay. I uh, yeah, I was I was not bad, you know, I was pretty good, but I found that I like writing more than performing. Even though I performed at uh, Danger Fields and I wrote some jokes for Rodney. And cool. um cool. yeah, it was but I was like, this is where I should be. I should be somewhere, you know, not in the classroom in Brooklyn with a wife, you know, who doesn't speak. I need to be out here in the world. And I learned that I like writing more than performing. So I started writing for other comics. Then I started writing skits and little plays. And eventually I had two plays produced off Broadway. And um, 
And then I wrote a column just on a whim. I wrote a column uh, for the Daily News. I just sent it in to them. I figured they're not going to take it. Oh. And it was about changing neighborhood names, you know, like Soho, NoHo, and, uh, you so know, every- bro. So, so bro, bro exactly. pissed me off. That one pissed me off. So you know, bro, so bro, so you know, bro, so bro, so bro, yeah. so bro, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So bro. that'll yeah. raise the uh, you know the price yeah. of houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The piano district, so bro. Right, so Got bro, man. Yeah. So bro. So I wrote a column. It was you know, and they took it. It was fifteen years ago, and. Mm-hmm that made me think maybe I could do this, you know? So, uh, I started the blog, New York gritty and I, you know, I was doing it and, um, you know, not making any money from it, but I was, I liked it. And somebody at Newsday saw my blog and they told me that they want to start a New York city paper. They're in Long Island Mm -hmm. and they wanted to start something called AM New York. Okay. Yeah. Familiar. Yeah. Yeah, and they said, we li- you have a New York voice. We want to use that. We like the way you write. Would you want to write for AM New York? I said, yeah, all right. So it took about a year to get there. And then they gave me a column every Wednesday. And oh, cool. I, they, they let me write anything, politics, something that happened on the subway. They, he just took anything I wrote and he put it in every way. And he put and a little picture came, of me. This you know? came from the blog. This came from the blog. Yeah. You That's never know, awesome. right? Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I just was doing my blog for my friends and a few other people and you know, and all of a sudden I got I got this email from the editor at the Newsday and uh, I'm writing for AM New York. And I did it for about eight or nine years and Newsday sold AM New York last year. And I'm like, shit, you know, I mean this there it goes. Uh, but Newsday liked it enough that they started running it in Newsday. So okay. now, like every Saturday or every other Saturday, I have a column in Newsday, and it's great. You know, and I, oh, and I have a book. I, I wrote a book based on all the columns I wrote about New York. Mm-hmm. I wrote about 300 columns for Newsday and Daily News and uh, AM New York mostly. And I took all the New York columns and I put them in, uh, here, I put them in my book, see, New York Attitude. Uh, there you go. It's uh, on Amazon. <laughs> go get it. <laughs> yeah, New York attitude. Hey, let me let me try to remember something, right? I'm, I'm sure. I'm trying to remember. Did I? I feel like I came across you on Twitter because you yeah. wrote an article about guns, like a satirical piece. Am I right on that? Uh, um, I don't know. I, you came across me on Twitter, and you contacted me on Twitter, and we started going back and forth. I don't know it was a column on guns. Like in Florida, something in Florida. Oh, yeah. I was in Florida, and they had that Parkland shooting. Right. remember that horrible shooting about 10 years ago, eight years ago. And I was there. I was, like, not far from it. So I wrote an article about what I saw. And, you know, I don't have a gun. But I went into a gun store there, and I pretended I was, you know, one of the gun. And I wanted to see how difficult it was. Right, right. And, And... it wasn't difficult. <laughs> no. It was easy. It was not in Florida. Yeah, Florida I mean, is... they, yeah, they said if you don't have a, a, a license, we'll give you a course, a three-hour course in the back, and then you can have <laughs> your gun twenty-four hours. And if you do have it, we can give you a gun right now. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is real. Any idiot can come in here and buy a gun, like the guy who did the shootings. 
So that right. was the that's the column you wrote. That's the column you yeah, read. Yeah, 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 I remember that. It was like a sarcastic piece, and always, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> I'd always been like, you know, like I I think at that period in time, if I remember right, I might have still been like on the right wing. So okay. I, I was I was um like I've I've I'm a gun proponent in in right. in within reason, I guess if that right. makes sense, right? So like sure. I don't want anybody to just walk in and buy a gun, right? Okay. Um, okay. I, I want you to be screened. I want to make sure you're saying, you know, basically what we do in New York, although in New yeah. York I feel it's really, really extreme, but you know, I, I can get that. You want to make sure the person's not a yeah. danger or a danger to anybody, you know? Right. Um, but I remember I came and I was like, I was like, I want to mess with this guy. He's attacking guns. <laughs> and you were so chill. Your response was so chill. Like, like, oh, it's just a satirical piece. And I was like, it, it just stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> you know, like the response just, I was just like, I think this guy, follow. And, and that's how I, I came across. It's, it's crazy though, because, you know, not that I was looking to pick a fight. Cause I'm not out here looking to pick fights with people, right, right. but I was, I was looking for a confrontation. Why are yeah. you messing with gun rights and stuff, you know? Right. And you were just like, Hey man, it's just satire. And I was just like, Oh well, hell man, my bad. <laughs> you know, and you it was know. satire to make a point. Absolutely. I'm, I get I'm, it. Not like, yeah. I'm not like really anti-gun or somebody's responsible. You know, I mean, look, right. you're on your own. Something happens to you in the street. You waiting for a cop to help you? You're dead. I know that. Things I, are, I you know, New York, New York, New York is tricky, right? Like, like yeah. I get it. B Bernie Sanders said a great way. He said, if you, you can't have the same laws applied in New York City as in rural Vermont, where somebody right. is miles and miles away from the sheriff, the laws right. should be different. So I get that, you know. Um, and like I said, man, I don't want just anybody to be able to get a gun. Right. You know. Right. It's, it's it's just not, you know, it's just not smart. I mean, as as is evident by these shootings and these things right. that have happened by people who were slightly, you know, uh, imbalanced or whatever we want to say, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. People can easily get a gun, and um, that's what I was really talking. I mean, I always use yeah. satire. I try to use humor to make my point because people it keeps them reading, and then I make my point in the middle of my column, but. In Florida, especially, I'm walking in. They don't know me. I'm not even from the state, and I right. could have had a gun in an hour. I, I, I had a Florida permit while living in New York. I got wow. my permit from right. all over the mail from right. Florida in New York. Unbelievable. Now, now unbelievable. I, I had to send fingerprints and stuff, but it was very, very easy yeah. for me to do. You know? Yeah. Um, and then that, that permit allows me to carry in states that have re reciprocation with Florida. You know, right. it's no good for me here right. in New York, but you know, so I saw how easy it was, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I very mean, easy. I wasn't, I wasn't even in the state. I did it, <laughs> yeah, from, it from my living room. <laughs> right. So you're getting your gun. They never met you. They don't know who you are. And now you're in New York and you have a gun. You know? Well, I had, I had the permit. So I had the permit, you know, to, to be able to, uh, a concealed permit in Florida. I got right. it while living in New York from my living room. I did the paperwork and everything and I got it, you know, yeah. in New York, I don't have anything like that. I just have what's called a residence. Like okay. I can have at home, you know, right. um, and I don't know that I'd want people to carry concealed in New York. It's a different 
it's a different place. It's a different, it's not, I don't, there's a part of me that wishes that I could carry it, but yeah. I wouldn't want everybody to carry it. So therein lies the problem. Why am I special? Right. I feel the same way you, know, you do. I feel I'm responsible. Right. I know I'm responsible, but I don't trust anybody else. Exactly. And, really. And look, I'm, if I'm walking with my girlfriend or something and somebody comes up to us and accosts us, I want to be able to defend myself and her. Right. And, right. Um, you know, last resort, use a gun. But still, it, it's nice to know you have it. But then that means everybody can have it. Correct. And, and the, uh, the, the crazy thing about New York is that a lot of them have it anyway. <laughs> the, right. the the bad yeah. guys that's the yeah. that's where that's where the gun people fight us or, or right. like fight people who are reasonable who try right. to be reasonable you know right. i i try to be reasonable in my gun thought process and say well i'd like to be able to carry it but if i can carry it that means he can carry it and he can carry it and yeah. then their response will be well angel that bad guy already is carrying it that's he's right. carrying it so yeah. you should be able to defend yourself it's just a weird it's a weird thing because i can it's see a, it from both angles you know you know I, it, my thought is like you can't get a gun that easily in most countries like england right they have like 10 gun deaths a year we have like ten thousand. we're doing something wrong that's you know yeah. it comes down to that you know they say well, you well know, cops it's the gun, gun runners people will go to florida They'll right. buy those guns like you could, bring them to New York and sell them or, right. you know, somehow right. move them around. As I, I knew a guy who did that. He was a gun runner. That's the title, a gun runner. They go right. to these, these easy to buy uh, states that don't require registration, don't right. require any, any form of, uh, you know, the gun's just out. Like in New right. York right now, the cops could come knock on my door and say, show me X, Y, Z. Right. They have right. it all registered. That is a, a fight point for the people on the right, you know, that, huh. that, that they could just come and take their weapons away. So that's one of their sticking points. I get that. But on the other hand, I can go to Florida right now, buy a gun, bring it here, give it to someone, and now it's in the street. And give it to someone, you know, who offers you good money and the guy's a nut and yeah. has a grudge or whatever the hell. He has a beef yeah. with somebody. And yeah. all of a sudden you're involved with us. Yeah, you're involved with the shooting. And, uh, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, it should be just reasonable. You know, background, for me, it's background checks, not letting people who are mentally ill get guns and, um, you know, or at least have serious problems or past records of uh, hurting people. Right. And um, no, I'm not like, oh, every gun should be taken away at all. I'm not like that. I don't believe yeah, that. Re you know, reasonable individuals, you know, yeah, reasonable yeah. individuals. And it, that's the hard thing today because, uh, we us saying this right now would yeah. have a lot of people on the left attacking us, Absolutely. and I consider myself I consider myself left leaning, you know. Right. Um. But on this topic, I I, I skirt the middle, you know. Um. Yeah. Um. But we right now, this simple statements we've made, um, yeah. that we we believe reasonable gun ownership and stuff would be unacceptable to someone on the, at least on the far left, and and many folks on the left that we would be on the left yeah not just liberals i mean look i'm i'm like you i consider myself generally progressive person hmm. but in certain areas you know what do they call koch uh, a liberal with sanity my friend called them you know <laughs> that's what i you know it's like this this re i go in the street i see what's going on especially i live now i used to live in brooklyn on the upper west side 
And that's another tough issue where they moved a lot of the homeless into uh, these right. hotels. Uh, I and I'm, that, like, yeah. I'm sympathetic to the homeless, but, but they mixed criminals, pedophiles in with this group. So now we got these guys roaming around the streets here mm. when people are eating outside, knocking the food off the table, shoving people. You know, you they want got, to be able they to got them out of there, though. I, I remember that they, <laughs> you know, the Blasio was getting them out because we had a similar thing happen next to us here. We talked about yeah. that. That was that, that, was right. that piece that, that you, you wrote that piece for, for Newsday. It was oh, on that topic. Right. right. Over here, they, they, well, they, they, they did, they did get, because we had all male, all single right. young male. And, um, People were scared, you know, they were causing yeah. trouble. And, you know, I had a beef with like four guys out there once. Um, they, you know how it is when, you know, dudes are together, they're drinking, they start to get right. a little, you know, they, they want to test people. And, you know, I kind of had to make a decision to just keep walking. You know, I got tested twice. Um, um, both times I walked away, but I had to kind of assert myself, you know. Right. Um, the right. first time, yeah, the first time I just kept walking, I just kind of thought about it. And I was like, I got to go break this guy's face because if I don't, right. they're going to mark me, you know? Right. And then right. I thought about it and I looked at him and he looked at me and I looked at the other guys and I was like, this is, this is about ego. This is not worth it. I just walked away. Good. You know? Smart. Smart. The other you know, time you're not going to be macho. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying. You know, you want to be macho, but you want to be alive. And, you know, it's like, uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, it's ego. It's ego. Yeah, it and, is ego. You know, it's what yeah. it is. You, you, you know, you don't want to get punked, you know? Right. You don't want to get right. punked. Right. So I just walked away. I, I just, I didn't think, it just not, you know, it, I kind of just let it go. And they never messed with me again after that. I kind of paused. I looked in their direction. And the guy looked at me. I looked at him. And I, I just kind of. And I just kind of went like this, you know, like nodded my head and I just kept walking, you know, like you're not worth it, man. You know, it's, um, it's a tough line. I mean, <clears throat> I was in Brighton Park last week with my girlfriend and, you know, it's mostly tourists, whatever tourists are left, uh, go there mm -hmm. and they have a skating rink and everything. It's pretty nice. And um, this guy comes over, obviously not looking to enjoy Brian Park, looking to hassle people. And he comes over to me and, uh, and her and says, uh, uh, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, no. I, you know, I knew what he wanted. Yeah, I didn't even yeah, listen to what he nah, I good. said, no. He goes, well, you didn't even listen. I said, no, we're, we're busy. I kept walking. And I was firm. I didn't, you know, I'm not like a killer. But I, I just was, no, not now. We're doing something. I kept walking. He saw I was serious. Then I saw him going over to other people who didn't say no. And he said, ah, like you said, I could punk these. I could really abuse these people well man why you know i'm neat here and you're here for another state and you want to give me a quarter what the hell's wrong with you you know he, he probably really, thought you were a tourist <laughs> you know yeah, for a minute thought, for like a second he thought i was a tourist Till i said no immediately before he said excuse me no i didn't even let him get past that and, you know <laughs> damn <laughs> you know like i knew what he, I, am, man. I knew who he was <laughs> these other people like yes Oh, uh, you know, I got a magazine here. You want to buy it for like 10 bucks? Like, bullshit. And, and then they, they're like, oh, I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so? You know, it's a great magazine. What do you mean? Why, why you give me a hot dog? Because my color, why you give me a hot dog? And they were like intimidated. And I could see it. And of course, they had a security guard there who did nothing. He saw it. 
nothing. No, no they're not gonna. They're, they're, they're not gonna do anything. You know, the secure. I did security for a while, and my mindset was, "Am I gonna get killed for these six dollars?" Right. Yeah. Do whatever the hell you want, man. I don't care. <laughs> you know. You know? Well, that was his mindset too. Yeah. You know? like, so so uh, yeah, I understand, I understand, but um, I think added like attitude. It's like he saw. I didn't let him get it past. Excuse me. I was like, no. I mean, he could have said, excuse me, how do I get to 40th Street? But I could just tell, I got the vibe from the guy. You know, he was too close to us. He cut us off while we were talking. It's just everything about him was like, no. And he goes, what do you, I didn't even say what I was going to say. I said, that's all right. We're doing something. Bye. And I kept walking. But I saw what he was doing to other people afterwards. And it's yeah. like he got to draw a line without being too confrontational. You know, it's well, you want to be firm, you know, you certainly want to be firm, but not go, you know, like yeah. cursing at him at something. You uh, want to not, and then the guy, who knows, they'll pull a gun or a knife or something. And uh, it was just like, no, no, we're busy, thanks, no. And it was like, yeah. let me find an easier mark. That's, I know that's what he thought. Right. Yeah, so that was it. Yeah. yeah. It's not, he's not going to waste his time. And, yeah. you know, yeah. there's too many people out there to, to approach, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to be firm like that. Cause some, you know, and again, I am, I am not, you know, I, I'm sympathetic to, to people out there, but I'm also, you know, I had one guy follow me and I said, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any cash or whatever. And he followed right. me and he, I went into the store and I didn't have any small bills. I, you know, I didn't have any change. I just had a 20 right. or whatever, but he watched me and he saw right. me pay and he saw me get change. So when right. I came out, he said, you got change now. Oh man. So yeah. he, he came at me like that. And I said, yeah. I said, I ain't got nothing. He said, he said, I saw you put it in your pocket. I said, let me rephrase. I ain't got nothing for you. It was like, let me get yeah. understanding me. He said, you say you ain't got nothing. I said, I ain't got nothing for you, bro. And, and, you right. know, and, and I start, you know, on my face, you know, yeah. you know, you know, and, and he just, I, I didn't, I don't think he expected that. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, you're right. I mean, you're right. When I, when I was teaching and like I said, I'm not, this huge hulking guy, but I like to sleep late. So part of the part of the job was I could if I stayed in the yard to clear the yard after school, I can come in 15 minutes later. So I said I'll do it. And I had this other oh. big big teacher with me. That was a rough neighborhood. Fine. So you you'd learn to not when like you see these guys coming into the yard look like trouble. Don't yeah. go the other way. Go right towards them. You know, and that's what I learned. I said you go right up. To, can I help you? And with my friend there, you know, can we help you? And they're like, why aren't these guys afraid of us? It was like right. six of us. And it was like, it was a lesson for me. Just confront, what I, you know, be friendly, be firm. But I, it's just a lesson. I mean, I, I was on a train recently, on a subway. I mean, now I haven't gone for a while. But um, quick story, about four years ago, five years ago, there was a guy on the train, comes on. Uh, my wife is home with cancer. I have a three. I have a three-month-old kid who needs milk. Could you give me some money? Right? She's dying. My wife's dying of cancer. She only has a couple of months left. All right. Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's not. Some people give it a money. Three or four years after that, I'm sitting on the subway. Same guy comes on the train. My wife's dying of cancer. She'll be dead in three months. I have a baby at home. I'm like, shit. I'm so, and I see this woman next to me who doesn't look like she has any money reaching into her bag and it pissed me off. I'm saying, yeah. now I know this guy's a fake. 
So he's coming down the her so, so I said, what am I going to do? So, you know, she's reaching in her bag and I'm like, shit. So she, he comes up and I say, oh, I remember you. I'm glad your wife is, uh, you know, she was sick. She's still alive four years later. I'm really happy, you know, the corners bluff without really saying it. Yeah, and yeah, I see yeah. the woman next to me snaps her purse shut. It's like, like I was warning her. This guy's a phony. He gets to the end of the car and he starts glaring at me like you blew my cover, right? And I see he's making a decision whether they come after me or blow his cover so he can't keep doing this. And he made a decision not to come after me, but he was really pissed. But I, I couldn't sit there. I just, I said, how am I going to handle this? Yeah, that, you yeah, that, was, crap. that was a, that was a, a risky move right there. <laughs> it was risky, but I was so pissed off. But yeah. I was, I didn't want to say you're full of shit. I heard you four years ago. Your wife still died four months, years later. Come on. Well, you tried I to said, give it a different, <laughs> you gave it a different spin, but all the same, you know, you, you basically. Well, I, I, I was, no, I pretended I was, I said, no, and he said, yeah, she had three months to live four years ago. So I'm glad she, she made it through. I'm happy for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I saw the woman next to me go, screw this. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, you got to pick your, pick your spot and figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely, <laughs> definitely a risk you took there, but. You know, when you, you know, um, when you do that, you got to be prepared, you know, like you have, you know, if you do that, you have to say, this guy could swing on me. I have to be prepared. You yeah. Know, you yeah know. It was a risk, but I, you know, and, and maybe I was stupid because I saw the guy just weighing it. I see him glaring at me from the end of the car because nobody gave him money after that. And oh. uh, so he's like, if I come after him, I'm blowing my cover, you know, then it, everybody knows I'm full of shit. And, uh, I can't do this on this train. So he just gave me a filthy look and went to the next car. That was yeah. it. Yeah, I was lucky. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe it was stupid. Well, it's, but a, I, I, it's, it's a risk. I'm, and we all do it. We all sometimes yeah. put ourselves. I was walking with my wife, actually, and there were four guys, a woman, and uh, like a carriage, you know, like a baby carriage. And they were blocking the sidewalk. Right. And, um, my wife tried to pull me into the into the road to avoid them, uh -huh. and the street in me came out, and I got right. mad. Just I just got mad because the, who these guys think they are, you know? You're gonna yeah. take up the whole sidewalk and not let people walk through. And I said no, and I I held my wife and I pulled her back towards me and I walked through the group. Right. You know, I was like, right. I'm not going in the the road for these people, right? And right. um, the dude. You know, like looks at me. I look. What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? What's going on? Yo, hey, how's it going? Cute kid, and yeah. and just I wasn't yeah. being aggressive. I was just saying, you know, part of me. What's going on? Hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, going on? yeah. I just like walked normal. right through. You know, yeah. and then one guy goes, "Yo, homeboy," and I turn him yeah. out. What's up? He said, "Yo, you should have walked around." And I was like, "In the street?" He said, like, "That's right. right. You should have walked around." And I looked at him. I was like, "Now nah, I'm good, man," and I kept walking. Right. You know. Right. But. But um, in hindsight, when I think about it, that was not a smart move because I was with my wife, and right. that could have that could have gone sideways. Right. You know? Right. Um, right. That that was just the street. That my 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 instinct of don't don't be a victim came in, and right. going into the street in my mind makes you a target. It makes you a victim. It's they'll recognize you. They'll remember you. This guy's soft. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what happened to me in Bryant Park. I'm like, I want to come back here sometime. 
this guy's going to be hanging out here. Yeah. I just, you know, it's like, don't mess with me. I mean, look, I'm older than you, you know, I'm, I, but still I'm from Brooklyn and I, I, you know, whatever training I had or environment I had, same what you were talking about. You don't let somebody think of you as an easy mark or as a victim. Mm-hmm. And also it, it, it pisses me off to see a guy doing this and he's doing it to other people. And you yeah. have to have, you have to have some pride without being a moron. You have to have some pride without being, you know, an idiot. And that's, you know, you take your chances. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you know, out here, we're not looking for trouble and, and clearly neither of us is, is not sympathetic, but there's a line, you know, right. when somebody right. follows you and says, I saw you get change. Right. Like I owe you something. I don't owe you a damn thing. Right. You know, right. that's why, that's why I said, I don't got nothing for you. You know, right. had he not said any of those things, I was intent on giving him some money if he oh, was okay. just kind of passing by. But when he right. came and he, as a matter of fact, I, if I, I don't quite remember, but I feel like uh, I may have gone to purchase something that I didn't really need to break the change to give him like five bucks or whatever. But the way right. he came at me where, where he's like, I know you have it now. It right. pissed me off. And at that point it was like, you know what, man, Try yeah. and take it from me then if, if it's, if it's like that, you know? Right. Uh, you right. Know? But yeah, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really every day. You gotta things, make a decision. These are the things you write about. Yeah. Like on, on oh, like, yeah. like everyday type of stuff. And yeah, that, you, t- tell <laughs> us about what you have in the book. Is it stories like that? What I have everything I have story. I mean, most of it's funny. I mean, we, I don't give the wrong impression. I mean, you, you read me, most of it is humor. Right, and right. Uh, people, people who got the book said they laughed through most of it. I mean, made them laugh. I mean, I'm looking at my book here. I wrote about, uh, I was on a bus. I mean, I write about basic stuff. I'm on a bus and a bus driver starts singing with the whole bus. And I'm like, am I the only New Yorker on this bus? These people are singing and, you know, singing happy birthday. And, and I was tired. I didn't want, you know. So I wrote a column about that. I wrote a column about Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, right, helping the right. city. Um, I wrote, a, I used to know James Gandolfini. He was in my writer's group. He was at writer's and actors group when he first started. And he was this oh, tall, cool. tall guy with hair. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so um, that's how stupid we were. Nobody cast him. You know, nobody knew who he was. So he just sat there for three months. Nobody put him in anything. You know, we were the writers, he was an actor, and he left the group. But when he died, the day after he died, I wrote a column on it. And the main point, he was the opposite of the character he played in The Sopranos. He was this very soft-spoken, nice, self-effacing guy. He was not, I mean, he was a good actor because he was not, he he was a big guy, but he was not like Tony Soprano at all. Mm -hmm. And I met him in a restaurant, uh, Calle Ocho, uh, in the Upper West Side. And he, and he came in and he was, and I tell my girlfriend, I said, actually, I know this guy, but I don't want to bug him because everybody was circling around him, you know? And then he recognized me and we had this conversation. And after he left, she goes, man, he's so sweet. I said, yeah, I know. He's a sweet guy. He's nothing like his character. Oh, you would expect so, that he's going to be, <laughs> you know, this. He was, yeah, she was expecting Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so the day after he died, I just wrote about that and, uh, you know, the kind of guy he was. So that's in the book. Oh, and cool. um, just and a lot about, you know, de Blasio, Trump, 
all those, you know, the, who, you know, the, you know, supposedly opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Liberal, you know, fascist, but um, I hate them both. So there's a lot of material. So there's always material, you know, so the book is, uh, it's politics, it's riding the subway, it's what you read, and uh, it's all New York stories. It's all New York stories. So it's, it's New York attitude. That's what it really is. Yeah. Very cool. It's um, it's it's on Kindle as well. It's on. It's on. You know, if you have an Amazon account, go and just type Mike Vogel, New York attitude, and I think it's uh, six ninety nine on Kindle and eight ninety nine. You know, for this physical on the uh, soft cover, and um, it's like hundred and ten page. It's a quick read, and I'm getting good response so far. So the hell. Uh, hey, you know it's good. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, you you you've kind of done what what most of us that blog want to do. You know, right. like make a living off of this stuff. Because I yeah, I I started my blog because Yelp was deleting my reviews. So really, um, yeah, they well, I was I was I was <laughs> okay. in the talk threads. You know, um, getting into all sorts of nonsense and on Yelp. <laughs> they have a talk section like a talk section and i would you know i had a lot of friends on there and stuff but i also had a lot of people who took issue with me and i i wasn't you know the the street in me would come out and i'd get into these nonsense arguments with these people so i was always getting banned and and eventually they were going to delete my account so i had right. hundreds of reviews and i was like i can't lose all this writing so i started right. a blog and um, there you go. You know, then I start telling stories. They're similar to what you do. It, it, in fact, I didn't. I didn't know that that's where you came from. You know, that, yeah. that was your. You know, where it started. So you know, that's actually kind of cool. It makes me optimistic that you know, my 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 hope was that one day, like some big site like HuffPo would come and say, "We want to buy your blog." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, so, look. I mean, I still have no idea how this. It was a woman then, and then as a male editor, but hmm. how she saw it, why she saw it, who knows, maybe a friend of hers saw it and sent it to her because they happened to be looking for a New York voice because they wanted to start a New York, New York columnist. And I was surprised. I mean, I didn't know where she came from. And it took a year for them to get it up and running. So I thought maybe this is, you know, BS, but they did it. So yeah, it happens. I mean, and if I didn't, and my niece actually told me, you know, teenager at the time said uh uncle mike you should write a blog you know and i was like yeah what's a blog <laughs> and i started doing it but if she didn't say that to me none well, of this would have happened well, yeah well. none of it would have happened so the blog turned into i write for newsday you know it's, and this it's, is your this is your like your full-time thing the, the writing is your well i was uh i wrote I had a business, uh, I, I wrote for business for a while. I was actually, I had a play done and I sat next to a woman who said, I like this play. You know who wrote it? I said, yeah, me. And she <laughs> said, she, ru she runs the, yeah, I mean, I just, by chance. And she said, well, I run these business publications. You want to work for my company? I said, I never did that. She goes, if you wrote the pl this play, you could write, it's easy. Just, I'll give you a couple of publications, take a look. So I wrote for them for 16 years. I wrote a trade publication. And I got wow. in by writing a play and I got out by writing a play about that company and I, I had it produced. So it's all luck and chance and being in the right place and putting yourself out there. That's what it's really about. Putting yourself out there, mm. doing your play, 
doing your blog, doing your podcast, and you don't know who's watching. You just don't know. I mean, look, like I said, both of us sounds like we don't have degrees in this. You know, we, I didn't go to NYU for journalism. I didn't go to Yale Drama School for playwriting. I just, Harvard. <laughs> Harvard. I, I know these guys who, who you know, they're, they're, they're pedigree from Harvard. And, you know, yeah. but, but um, one of them lets me, he, he did let me write for his site. There's a site called Latino Rebels. Now, he's, uh -huh. this guy's like a journalist, like a real legit, right. you know, like, like yeah. you know, whatever that world entails this guy's it you know so right. um he's a harvard guy you know very i mean we're you know a whole different world but he's he's let me write on on latino rebels which is his his site he's done a lot right. of stuff so you know um i've been lucky like that too that i've had some you know i was able to write on huff Poll for a while um oh, really? which was That's nice yeah, yeah that was that was cool that was my 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 big goal initially i was like i want to write for huff Poll. And right. eventually I pulled that off. So I was really happy about that, you know. Um, and you have that as a credit now. You have yeah. that as a credit. You know, if you want to send something to somebody else, I wrote for HuffPo, which gives you credibility. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I do. I mean, I was, I was in Florida and I was stuck there. I was, you know, I went down for a while for the, during the pandemic, before the pandemic hit. And when it hit New York, I just stayed there for a couple of months. And I said, what am I going to do? You know, I sent something to the Sun Sentinel, which is a pretty big paper down there. And I said, I write for Newsday. So they read it. If I didn't write for Newsday, they wouldn't even look at it. But, you know, you have how that you, call. How do, you, how do you go about that? Like, when you say, so I have this credit, but I don't know how to use it. Well, look, how does, look, you want to write for other publications? What do you, I mean, what's your goal here? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get my my writing into many other places. Yeah, you know. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. No, make a, make a list of the places you want to get into. You know, read their publications, see what they're doing, and then find the, uh, like, one of the editors. Go on their, you know, website. Go on uh, Google it and find out, you know, who, who the most likely person is to send uh, a cover letter to. You know, like, the second in charge of uh, uh, the editorial page or whatever you want to write, whatever section you want to write, mm. write to him, say, you know, first of all, write an article for them, have one ready, have one right. ready and say, you know, I always, you know, I like the publication and uh, I wrote for HuffPo, put that in a, right at the beginning. I've, I've written for a number of places, HuffPo, I have my own podcast. I'd like to send you something, you know, would, you know, would you take a look at it? And half mm. the time they'll say, okay, you send it to them. And then you got a shot. Oh, cool. So that's kind of like considered a pitch. So it's a that pitch. The, that's the language. It's a pitch. Right? Yeah, and that's the language. You know, you, you give a pitch, but the key is in the first sentence or two, put, I wrote for HuffPo, you know, because then oh. they're like, nobody wants to be the first person to take a chance on you. That's what I found mm. out. So once yeah. you put HuffPo, it's that's the same in everything. Hope. It's, it's the same every, in every field, right? Um, yeah. You know, we we, we want to hire you, but what's your experience? Yeah, um, we, we we need yeah. a master's and ten years of experience, but I'm twenty. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's like, well, come back in ten years. Yeah, it's uh, and but nobody wants to be the first to take a chance on you, and it's a catch twenty two because how right. do you get in if nobody can take a chance on you? So you have that, you have that credit. And they see Huffpo, which is a legitimate publication. It's reputable. Mm. And they go, oh, he wrote for them. So I will look at what he wrote. Otherwise, they get, they get 30 of these a day. They won't even, they'll just look for a second next. 
garbage, oh. boom. But they see HuffPo and they go, oh, I'll keep reading. And if you have an article, maybe you can mention, I wrote this article, which I think would really be great for you guys, would work for you. Not work for me, work for you. And uh, if you take a look at it, I appreciate it. And half the time, if you do that, they'll look at it. They'll look at it and you got a shot. Uh, yeah, I didn't know y'all were going to get a master class in, in pitching, did y'all? <laughs> you know, there's gems right here you're giving away right here, like gold gems and knowledge, you know? Yeah, but this is this is good to know. Like, like I, I've had a couple of TV appearances. I've had, um, you know, um, I've had uh, radio appearances. I've had the um, Huffington Post, um, Fox News, like a few you know, reputable places, but it, I just never, that, never knew what to do with it. I, I wrote a tweet a couple of days ago as a joke. And I said, you know, I've had celebrities on my podcast. I've, yeah. I've said, but what has it done for me? Nothing. Right. <laughs> you know? But it, but it could do something for you. I mean, the stuff you just mentioned, I'd mentioned that in the letter too. I mean, not, you know, go on and on, but just in a right. sentence or two, I've had politicians running for mayor. I've had this person on my, on my podcast. I was on this TV show, you know, I've been on TV and they're like, oh, all right, I'll keep reading. Wow. You know, I'm not, you know, some, at least it nobody. gives you a better chance, right? To, to, to have yeah, them. It, it gives you legitimacy, whether it's, no matter how much you fudge it or put, you know, maybe <laughs> exaggerate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was on TV, I had my own, you know, network show. No, I was on TV, that's enough. Just say that. And they're like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not lying. You just, you know, you just throw it in stuff that they're, uh, oh, it'll wake them up. Oh, he's on TV. You know, he wrote for HuffPo. I gave Seinfeld an opportunity and I was the managing editor of HuffPo. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Just make make it up. Just no. But but it's if you are on TV in anything, and I, I was on a cable TV show, you know, you just say, yeah, hey, I was on a TV. I've been a couple of TV shows. And just drop a name, and HuffPo is real. I mean, you you did write something for them, so it's legit. It's legit. I mean, you always think, am I being legit? Am I just full of it? But you're not. I mean, and all you want is an opportunity. All you want is for them to read your article and give you a shot. And you want to get past that first gatekeeper. And that's the first gatekeeper who's going to at least keep reading. And if you have an interesting article or something that sounds good, they'll go, yeah, send it in. What the hell? will pass it on to the right person, even if right. they're not the right person. So that's what's worked. That's how I got the That's how I started. I just sent something to the Daily News. I don't even know what I said to them because I had no credits. No. Oh, oh, my credit was, oh, my credit was, I did stand up and I wrote some jokes for Dangerfield. That was my oh, credit. That's go. it. I wrote like four jokes for, but I wrote hey, jokes for Dangerfield. It's a good name to, you know, a good name to have. And, yeah. and they, everybody loves Dangerfield. So they're like, oh, this guy wrote for Dangerfield. All right, I'll read what you got. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. So that, that's all yeah. I had. That was it, and I used it. You know. Huh? Well, then that got you. That got you that paper and Dangerfield, and now it you got, got two credits. Here. You know. Right now, and, now I got Daily News and Dangerfield. So now, I, you know, I, I built from just doing stand up. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a household name. I, you know, I am seen a little bit. I performed there late at night on Sunday, but I did it, so I could legitimately say it. And um, yeah, that led to the Daily News. And Daily News led to me saying to Newsday, yeah, I wrote a couple of pieces for the news. I have my blog. And here I am, whatever, whatever that is, I'm here. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Did, 
it's it's <laughs> it's, it's interesting how these things happen you know yeah but, you, know, you, so you, you said earlier just just try right just put it out there that's it put it look with like you said we don't have degrees from harvard i don't have i don't have a journalism degree everybody i work with in that business publication had a journalism degree except me she just picked me up as she liked my play but huh. you're either a writer or you're not a writer you, you know you can go to harvard you know get a graduate degree and still be a crappy writer you know, some people, Pete Hamill was a high school dropout. He's a great writer. He was a great writer. And uh, Jimmy Breslin, the same thing. He didn't have a journalism degree. Some people are writers, some people aren't writers. And, you know, have confidence in yourself and get it out there. That's what, that's what I did. Yeah. Well, it's worked out. It's worked out. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Mike, thank, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate, well, you know, appreciate you making the time. Um, I'm definitely gonna get the book. I wanna, I wanna read it. Um, oh, okay. I get, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a. I, I mean, I, I'd like to get a physical copy and get you to sign it, and then, sure. um, you know, um, have that so that when you're like this huge writing person, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I got it, bitches. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I, I also, I also, I love reading stuff on my Kindle. Like I, 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 I've, I've. Get it there. <laughs> yeah, I've completely like gone digital on everything. You know, okay. that one took a while. That took a while to for me to accept it. Like I always liked the physical, you know. Well, well, the hard not to be uh you know plugged by shamelessly, but the hard copy is nice to have. The soft, the soft cover, it's mm. nice. You know, it's like it's yeah, something it really. Like a, yeah, it, it looks yeah, like a nice cover. It's like a, you know, yeah. I had somebody in Australia do this cover. I mean, somebody told me send it to Australia. They go, yeah. Oh, to New so, York. Uh, yeah. They did the cover and they, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, a, plus I had all the columns written, so it wasn't that hard for me to do. All I had to write was an intro and a couple of other things and type, you know, type it in because I just picked out my New York column, the, be the best of my New York columns and put it in there because I wanted to have a theme, not just a bunch of columns. So, right, um, right. you know, it's, it's so far so good. You know, it's, yeah, if you get a copy, I'll sign it, sure. Yeah, cool, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for, for popping on the show. Yeah, it was and, fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, enjoyed we'll it. We'll do this again. Sounds good. <laughs> thanks, Angel. Thanks for having me. You got it, brother. You are listening to the NYC Talking Podcast. www.nyctalking.com Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R. Talk on Twitter and Instagram. We are NYC Talking the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.